Hey there, folks, and welcome to another edition of Eddie and His Amazing Friends, the Hero Cast. Just a solo episode today, but you know what? That's that's okay because it's cold. It's really cold here. It's probably cold where you are, or maybe not. But uh, nothing like just sitting at home. I'm on a day off from work. Thank you, Martin Luther King, and just watching a movie. And then just record right after. Not having anything to do today. It's a great feeling. So, today we are here to talk Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I guess let's get into this. Um, But first, first things first. Plugs. Find us on Twitter, EC underscore hero, or myself at EC85, that's Eddie with a Y. Or Instagram, EC HeroCast, or myself, also Eddie with a Y, Eddie C85 on Instagram. Yeah, that's that. The, uh, yeah, Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings. This movie came out September 3rd, 2021. My history with the movie is I saw it in theaters, and I saw it for the second time today. So... There you go. Um, Let's do a little time capsule. The champions at the time, WWE was Bobby Lashley for 10 more days. Universal, it's Roman Reigns, we know this. NXT is Samoa Joe for 9 more days. Raw Women's Champion, of course, Charlotte Flair. SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. NXT Women's Champion is still Raquel Gonzalez. AEW Champion Kenny Omega, AEW Women, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, IWGP, World Heavyweight, is Shingo Takagi. Our number one song. Folks, the reign of terror is over. It is no longer Butter by BTS. It is now Stay by Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. I really thought, I was wondering, I'm like, surely... Surely the 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 this K-pop song has got to be dethroned at some point, and it finally has been. Shang Chi has dethroned it, so congrats to Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Our facts and figures for the movie budget. I saw it as high as two hundred million, but most places were reporting it as one hundred fifty million. I mean, it is probably with the marketing closer to 200, but we don't factor that in. I don't have those numbers, so I'm just gonna go with 150 million, with a box office of 432.2 million. That puts it at 52 on our list. 52 with uh, 282.2 million. That's 317.3 with the inflation. It is right below X2, one of my favorites. And right above Split. So, it's interesting. When you think of, you know, this phase of Marvel, the experimental phase, as it were. Was it Phase 5? I think. I can't keep track of all these numbers. I think it's Phase 5. Anyway, when you when you think about this phase, people always think, oh, well, this is the phase where, you know, things kind of fell off and they didn't do so well. You know, whatever. I mean, 432 million, 
That's nothing to sneeze at. And, and, this movie was not released in China, which you would think this would have done really well in China because, well, you know, it's the first uh, Chinese-American superhero, so you would think that, you know, they would enjoy that. However, in 2017, the star of this movie, Simu Liu, did an interview where he mentioned that his parents did not enjoy living in China. So, as a result, China did not allow the movie to be released. And, you know, not to turn this into an anti-China thing, but, like, could you be more thin-skinned? Like, the guy commented about... his he, 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 he was, you know, in an interview, he simply relayed his parents' opinion of living in China... And China deemed this unacceptable, so they did not allow the movie to be released there. It's just, you're, you're so thin-skinned. And this is to the Chinese government. The culture, the people are both great. Their government, it's so thin-skinned. So incredibly thin-skinned. Like, let it go. It's a f- comment from four years ago. Also, maybe, maybe it's because you're thin-skinned that people don't enjoy living there. That could be one reason. Maybe not the reason, but it could be one reason. Just so thin-skinned. Like, come on. Can you not handle any constructive criticism at all? I mean, you know, sorry he didn't say my parents had the best time ever living in China. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> you know, this is the, um, this is that Principal Skinner meme of China's like, you know, am I out of touch? No, it's the billions of people who are wrong. It's like, no. Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you should work on you instead of just shielding everybody from all of your criticism. Just a little mini political rant, I suppose. But yeah, stop stop being so thin-skinned. You come off as, I don't know, kind of a bitch when you do that. Just saying, China. Again, this is the the government. But yeah, you just, it, it comes off bad. You just, nobody likes someone who can't handle a little bit of criticism. You know, if you have criticism for me, let me know on Twitter. I'll, it's, it's fine. As long as it's valid and not just you suck. <laughs> Although if you want to tell me I suck, then go ahead. It's not very nice, but... Anyway. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Loved it. Critics, 92%. Fans, 98%. That's one of the higher ones. That is certainly one of the higher ones. As far as the cast, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, I know what I'm forgetting. Duh. My time capsule. My time capsule. What was I? What was Eddie up to in September of 2021? I don't remember if this was in, exactly in September, but it was around that time. I was in the theater also seeing a different movie. The 35th anniversary of Transformers, the animated movie, was playing in the theater. It was a Fathom event, and I've seen the movie a million times, but I was like, you know, I've never seen it on the big screen. I might check that out. And I did, and it was awesome. It was great. Got to see the movie on the big screen. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. So, still the best Transformers movie, in my opinion. I, I think, yes. 
but uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a fun franchise. I enjoy it. I watched the TV show as a kid. I watched Beast Wars as a kid. I'm looking forward to the new movie coming out this year. The the Michael Bay movies I did not enjoy, but you know, it happens. Anyway, yeah, that's what I was missing. Now let's jump into the cast, shall we? So, well, let's see. Who do we have? I mean... <laughs> well, I'll start with this one. Because I wasn't too kind to her. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. It's potential spam. Okay. I wasn't too kind to this person in the... Uh, what was it? Uh, Little Mermaid review. Because I found their character quite annoying. But in this movie, I really liked her. It was... I I always mess us up. Aquafina as Katie. I never... I feel like that's not right, but I think I've heard that pronounced that way. Although I'm pretty sure that's like a water company or something. I don't know. Anyway... Yes, I uh, I enjoyed her a lot in this movie. She was great um, as far as a comedy relief, but also kind of had like a, a redemption arc for the character a little bit, you know, in that she starts off as a, you know, kind of a... I mean, they both do. They both start off as kind of like screw-ups, but we kind of learn that Shang-Chi, not a screw-up, but he just kind of is, but... Not really. I'll explain later. Whereas Katie is kind of just like, you know, just going through life. I believe she gets great advice uh, later in the movie. It's like, if you aim for nothing, you will hit nothing. And it's like, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. You know, that's that's pretty accurate, I must say. So... Good advice for anyone out there who's just kind of coasting. And that's what she was. She was coasting through life. And it's like, if you coast through life, you're just, nothing good will happen because you're not really trying. And she had a, a nice little redemption arc with her story. Um, I would also say, let's see. We have, um, oh, I just lost, oh. So, Ben Kingsley returns. He doesn't do a ton, but he plays, of course, you know, the actor. He was last in Iron Man 3. He's back, I guess, if you were wondering, like, hey, whatever happened to him? He he was kind of like Red Skull, right? Where it's like Red Skull was in Captain America, and then he just disappears from the movie. Same with Ben Kingsley, where it's like, I guess his character's just done now, and... It's like, nope, he resurfaces. So this is kind of like, you know, lately I've been kind of critical of Marvel in that they they let things kind of dangle out there for a while. And, you know, I mean, they do that in in the end credits of this movie, too, which we'll get to. But but my my go to has always been and we'll get to that in a couple weeks. Eternals, Thanos's brother, no mention of him since. I, I'm confident that they will, he'll eventually come around and they'll pay that off. It's just, sometimes it takes years, you know? And with, with Red Skull, that's okay, because it wasn't like that big of a deal. He was just a villain in a movie, and then he, you just were like, oh, okay, he's gone. And then again, Ben Kingsley's, 
again, it's like, okay, I was never really wondering what happened to him, but I guess it's, you know, he's still around, okay. But with some of these end credit scenes, and again, we'll get to one here, it's just, just waiting on the payoff, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like, okay, so... Uh, yeah, but anyway, he's back. Let's get into the villain in this particular movie. We have Tony Luang as Shu Wenwu. He's the father of Shang-Chi and Xia Ling. I thought he did a really nice job. He was a villain, but he wasn't... Like, he... How do I put this? He was kind of... What's the word? Not possessed. He was... Um, I guess possessed might be the right word. But he was drawn to finding his wife. And he was convinced that if he did this thing, that he could get his wife back. And, you know, it's 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 you can sort of be sympathetic because it's like, okay, you know... If, if, if you were married or you're engaged like myself or you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and they they are they are killed, well you would you know you would do whatever to get them back right. And the villain, the true villain in this movie, which is CGI, but the true villain in this movie, it's like, well, he uses that villain uses that desire to try and you know, manipulate Wenwu to come free him and uses like, hey, your wife's in here. And then, of course, you know, most people, like I said, might fall for that trap. So I liked that dynamic. I really did. And then the main event, Simu Lu as Shang-Chi or Sean, Shang-Chi, sorry, Shang-Chi or Sean, or, or rival Ken, whichever you prefer. So, yeah, he's he was great in this. And that's another thing I meant to mention about the box office. $432.2 million, I mean, sure, Marvel's used to more than that. But you got to consider a couple things. Number one, Shang-Chi is not one of the bigger superheroes. In fact most people have probably never even heard of Shang-Chi. He's not an Iron Man or a Hulk or a Captain America or Spider-Man. Certainly not. And he's really not even, like, a step below, like a, a Black Panther or, or Captain Marvel. So he's not well-known. And Simu Liu is, is not... not a big-name actor. He really hadn't been in much. He's done some TV... And, uh, some small roles in movies, but this was his real big breakout role. So, you know, that's that's pretty good, I think. The 432.2 million, again, even if you want to say, well, the budget was closer to 200 million, okay, and then you factor in marketing, throw in another 100 million, okay, 300. Still, it's pulling in at least 100 million, give or take. That's, you know, so that's pretty good. Especially with no China. And you would think that this movie would have done really well in China. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't... You know, so far... We're not off... You know, this is the first... 
I guess this would be kind of the first experimental movie in the Marvel, you know, the experimental phase. I mean, this was the first... Um, the first movie post-Thanos where the hero is not well-known, I should say. And it did better than Black Widow. Now, granted, Black Widow opened up earlier this year. Well, this year being 2021. So COVID was still kind of like, should we go to the theater, should we not? But Black Widow was at least a known character. And... But Black Widow was also dead, so there was that whole thing. I don't know. But, yeah. And, and this movie still was probably affected a little bit by COVID, too. I don't think... I don't think until later this year. And I know September is kind of late in the year, but... We will see a movie. Hint. It's uh, Spider-Man. Uh, where we can officially throw out COVID as the excuse. <laughs> because I think once Spider-Man happens, we can finally say, okay... COVID's not an excuse for movies bombing anymore. Uh, yeah, so. But we're not there yet, to be fair. So. But yeah, uh, overall, good cast. They were likable. That's what you want, right? So, let's get into the plot. We open with a narrator explaining. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I'm going to assume it's Mandarin. But there's a lot of Mandarin that is spoken in this, mo uh, in this movie. I don't know the... Di I mean, it, it could be Cantonese. I don't know. I'm Mandarin, I think, is the primary language in China. But I know they do a lot speak Cantonese, too. So I don't know the difference. I apologize. But we open with a narrator explaining in Mandarin, I think, that the Legend of the Ten Rings goes back 10,000 years. And Xu Wenwu was the leader of the this Ten Rings army. And he possessed the Ten Rings, which could be used for good or could be used to acquire power, which is what he did. And he formed this Ten Rings army. The rings kept him immortal. And he would use this army to like influence history. There's all these big historical events that are happening. And he's kind of, you know, or at least his army is the ones behind all of these happenings. So... He's just living, you know, 10,000 years, which uh, I would not want to live 10,000 years. That would be, uh, that's too long for me. So, cut to 1996. Wenwu is searching for this village of Talo, which is uh, supposedly a lot, a lot of uh, powerful beasts there, mythical beasts. So... And he, he's he's in this moving forest where you have to know the... Uh, well, we'll get to the moving forest later. But he's in the moving forest. He doesn't make it all the way through, but he does find, like, a little house in the middle of this forest. And he's just like, hey, um... Is this... Where can I get to, you know, Talo? And... The woman there guarding the village is named Ying Li. And she's like, no, this village is not for you. But they fight. But later on, they end up falling in love. They get married. They have two kids. The kids are Shang-Chi and Xia Ling. So when Shang-Chi is seven, his mom gives him a necklace saying it will always lead him home. So keep that in mind. That's a... 
kind of important. Cut to present day, and Shang-Chi, who now goes by Sean, wakes up in San Francisco in his apartment. And Sean and his friend Katie, they are valets. They're also a bit immature. They, uh, they have dinner with a friend. Her friend has her life all together. Like, oh, you know, we were the same age. And, you know, her friend's married. And it's like, you know, maybe you guys should grow up and, you know, kind of join us in the real world. She's like, you know, you're both really smart. Time to grow up and do something with your lives. And instead they go out and get drunk and sing karaoke. So, the friend, kind of right. But also kind of a bitch about it. <laughs> so the next day on a bus to work, some guys attack Sean. They're wanting his pendant. And he fights them off, much to Katie's surprise that he's like this skilled martial artist. And then he's attacked by a guy with this big sword for an arm. His name is uh, Razor Fist. And this is all being filmed by one of the passengers... I guess it gets uploaded to YouTube, and, you know, he goes viral, so everybody knows he's bus guy. Um, so they, it's a pretty good fight scene. Uh, Shang defeats the Razor Fist and knocks him off the bus, but Razor Fist did manage to get the pendant off of him. So Sean, uh, he tells Katie he thinks his sister's in trouble because he got this postcard from her with an address. And she's like, I didn't even know you had a sister. And he's like, well, actually, there's a lot you don't know about me. First off, my name's not Sean, it's, it's Shang, which she makes fun of. Like, okay, you changed your name to try to hide, and you changed, like, basically one letter. You know, I think she she compared it to being, like, changing your name from Gina to Gina. So, so uh, he's like, well, you know, we got to get to China to help my sister, um, also, name is Shang-Chi, and my dad, my mom is dead, my dad trained me when I was a boy, and basically, what did he say, like, I, I learned every possible way to kill somebody, so that's why I'm such a badass at martial arts. So, um, they go to the address, uh, they go, they both go to China, apparently being a valet pays well, and you get to just fly across the country on a whim. Although, I could definitely see where they just quit their job because it's not much of... I mean, it's a valet. Who cares, you know? Um, so, they go to the address. It's actually an underground fight club. And we see Wong fighting the Abomination from the Incredible Hulk movie. He's back. But uh, if you did not watch She-Hulk, they explain how he shows up there. Kind of interesting. Um, so... Shang-Chi now must fight. Oh, by the way, I should have mentioned, um, Katie's, I guess, grandma was asking Sean, or Shang, you know, when are you two going to get married? And he's like, oh, we're just friends, we're just friends. And then Shang-Chi's getting ready to fight in this underground fight club, and they're like, oh, I'll take his shirt off. And he comes out, and he's ripped, and Katie's like... Ooh. <laughs> so, maybe planting the seeds for a possible romance there. Could be. So, the opponent for Shang-Chi is his sister, uh, Xia Ling. So, Shang doesn't want to fight her. 
So Xiling doesn't mind fighting, and she wins. Xiling uh, also, exp- you know, later on after we learn that uh, <laughs> after we learn that Katie bet on Xiling, uh, Xiling uh, tells her it's like you know why did you even show up here and kind of doing that. But then he also explains that you know Dad abandoned us as a kid. I don't really like you. You left and. Uh, you know, Xiling later tells Shang that, you know, I don't need your help and asks, why did you even come here? And he's like, well, you, if you don't need my help, why did you send a postcard? She's like, I did not send a postcard. And he shows her the postcard. She's like, well, I didn't send this. And right on cue, the Ten Rings army attacks the building and Shang, Katie have to escape outside the building on these bamboo scaffolding. Katie tries to de-escalate her de- I mentioned this when they were talking to their friend in the bar earlier. Uh, she has this de-escalating tactic of singing Hotel California. Uh, it does not work. Briefly, but eventually they just swing a sword at her head. So, uh, Xiling comes uh, back in to help them escape. So, very cool scene there. Uh, during this ordeal, a ninja swoops down, steals Xiling's pendant. Shang catches him. Maybe about to kill the guy when Wenwu stops him with his Ten Rings power. Wenwu tells his kids more about how they met their mother. And he's like, and then she died and I hooked up with her best friend and everybody hated the finale. No, kidding. Uh, But he said, when they they did fall in love, I locked away my Ten Rings. She did, in fact, die. And he's like, but I don't necessarily believe that she is dead because I think she's been leaving me clues and she wants me to come free her and she's prisoned in Talo. That's what I think. So, okay. So he takes the pendants. He puts the pendants into the eyes of this dragon statue and a map of the moving forest opens up. And he says, listen, once a year it opens up. You must know the exact route and the time when it opens. And now I know... And I can go to Talo and uh, get your get your mother back. And he's like, and then Wenwu tells his army, three days from now, we'll find my wife and bring her home. And they're like, well, what if, what if they refuse? And he's like, well, then we'll just burn the village to the ground. Of course, our three heroes object to that. So Wenwu locks them up in this prison. And also in said prison is Trevor Slattery, the actor from... Iron Man 3, who played the Mandarin. So, he's there. He also has this fluffy, winged, faceless creature named Morris. Morris is pretty cool. So, Morris tells them that he's 19% confident he can get them through the forest by uh, the directions. It's, you know, it's a neat scene, but we'll get there. So, they escape from prison. They steal Razorfist's car. They make it through the forest. you got to stay in the pocket because the forest is opening in front of you but closing right behind you. So there's like a little pocket where you can drive, but you have to know where the forest is going to open up next. So Morris is giving directions, and it's like you got to turn left in 3, 2, 1. And then if you don't turn left, then you'll just drive straight into the forest. And apparently when that happens, then the forest just eats you and you're lost forever. So you got to stay in the pocket. They made that very clear. Stay in the pocket. So they do. They make it to Talo. Seems it's full of mystic beasts and 
other Morrises. And uh, while they're there, they meet Ying Nan, who is Lee's sister, their aunt. And she explains the history of Talo. And thousands of years ago, the village was attacked by the Dweller in Darkness and his Soul Eater army, but they were ultimately sealed away in a cave by our Dragon Protector. But they believe that the Soul Eater army has been reaching out to Wenwu, posing as his dead wife, so that he comes to free them because they know that the Ten Rings can break this seal. Elsewhere, they train Katie to be an archer. That's where we get that line about, uh, if you don't aim for anything, you'll hit nothing. It's good advice. So, Shang-Chi's aunt trains him more, since his mom was the only one who could best Wenwu in battle. And we then learn about Shang and Xiling's mom. She died when Wenwu's enemies killed her, and Wenwu left, or when Wenwu left. And Wenwu surmises that they did that because he's like, they knew I took off the ten rings, and they wouldn't have dared attack me if I still had these rings on. And now I gotta get revenge on them. So he puts the ten rings back on. He seeks revenge for his wife's killer. And he, you know, he tracks him down at this restaurant and he gets more information. And then he lets Shang-Chi kill the the, the leader of this enemy group. And uh, he, which he did. And then he runs off to San Francisco, starts a new life. So Wenwu and his army also invade Talo, saying they're holding his wife prisoner. There's a big fight. Shang-Chi battles his father, and his father ultimately wins. He knocks his son into a lake. Wenwu then opens the gate to the Soul Eaters. We see the Earth weapons, so the Ten Ring people, they're using, you know, regular swords. Those don't work on the Soul Eaters. So they agree, okay, we gotta join... The, the Ten Rings people, we need to join forces with the, uh, with the Talo people because they have, you know, they have weapons that can kill these, these Soul Eaters. So we're going to use their weapons because the Soul Eaters are after us too. And we're all going to join forces and fight these uh, Soul Eaters. So that is what they do. And then, um, meanwhile... The Dweller of Darkness, in darkness, sorry, is about to break free. Shang-Chi emerges from the lake on the back of this giant Chinese dragon. If you don't know what that is, it's like a dragon without wings. It's like a snake, but with claws and uh, feet and, well, you know, not a snake head, but a dragon head. They're pretty cool. So Shang-Chi again battles his father. He's able to take like five of the rings from him at one point, then his dad gets him back, but... They keep battling, but the Dweller in Darkness emerges, and it's this giant soul-eating monster. It's like a big, giant, ugly dragon. It's pretty cool looking, I must say. Uh, Wenwu pushes his son out of the way as the Dweller eats his soul. So, you know, ultimately Wenwu realized, oh, I freed this beast, and uh, he saves his son as his last act, his last courageous act, and... Uh, as he's dying, he kind of transfers the rings from him to his son. So, that's good. So, Shang and Xia Ling are both, they both fly on the good dragon to defeat the Dweller. But, Dweller 
gets some more souls fed to him from the Soul Eaters, and he regains power. He breaks free of the good dragon, and he's trying to suck the soul of the good dragon. They're like, oh, if he does this, then there'll be no stopping him. So, Xia Ling's about to sacrifice herself when Katie, who is told, you gotta shoot this arrow at this at the dweller's throat. That's his weak spot. That's where he's, you know, that's what sucks in the souls. So, with one arrow, Katie fires, nails the dweller right in the throat. Xiling does not have to sacrifice herself, so good for her. The good dragon kind of breaks free, does this big typhoon whirlpool attack of some kind, and traps the dweller while Shang-Chi blasts it with all the power of the Ten Rings and kills it. And they are victorious. So, congrats. So, they have the ceremony for the fallen soldiers. R.I.P. to several real ones. And, um... They kind of say, like, okay, well... I guess we'll head home. So, uh... Xiling goes back to China. Shang and Katie go back to San Francisco. They go back to their judgy friend, and they brag about their accomplishments and what they did about this dragon, and she doesn't believe them. It's like, well, where's your sister now? And like, oh, well, she's closing up the, the my our dad's army because, you know, he had this army for thousands of years. She's just, you know, kind of doing the maintenance and closing up shop. Or is she? We'll see. So that is, and again, she doesn't believe him. She's like, oh, yeah, you, you're just making fun of me because I said you told you to grow up, and then you come in and lie to me. Well, and then we see Wong opens a portal into the restaurant, and he goes up to uh, Sean, and he's like, you have the Ten Rings? He's like, yeah. And he's like, good, we have a lot to talk about. And then he brings uh, Katie through the portal also. So apparently this judgy friend now believes her, believes them. Roll credits, but wait, got two scenes to talk about, as I mentioned. Mid-credits scene. This one, probably important. The other one, maybe. So Wong shows uh, Shang-Chi and Katie that the rings are sending a message, but they don't know what. And during this, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner are on holograms watching this. And then Captain Marvel's like, oh wait, I have to go. Uh, if you need me, Bruce has my number. And then Bruce is like, I don't have her number. And then he leaves. And then Wong is like, yeah, that happens a lot. So he's like, look, you both have a long journey ahead of you. Go home, get some rest. And then Shang-Chi is like, or... And then they all three go to a karaoke bar and sing Hotel California. Real quick on this credit scene. Mid-credit scene. That was in 2021. We're still waiting. Where is the Ten Rings? Where are they? Where's Shang-Chi been? What's he up to? I don't know. There's only, again, I understand there was the actor strike, and I understand that, um, I understand that, um, you know, um, I can't think of, oh, Captain, uh, Captain America, New World Order, still calling it that, and Thunderbolts got delayed until 2025. I understand that. But even if those two movies did come out this year, and I keep saying this, even if they did come out this year, that's still three years in between post-credits. And that's assuming Shang-Chi is even in those movies. We don't even know that. And I've talked, you know, I mean, I'm 
Simon's Simon's mentioned it. Uh, a coworker, a friend of mine, who hoping to have on the podcast in a couple weeks, schedules permitting. But uh, he's mentioned it. We're like I, I've talked to both of them. I've talked to other people. We don't even know who's in the new Avenger. Like who's supposed to be in the Avengers? I don't even know. And it's like they've done a really bad job. It's just like they're introducing character, character, character. They they do it like okay, here's Shang Chi. He's in a movie. Okay, here's uh, She-Hulk in a TV show. Here's Moon Knight. He's in a TV show. And that's all well and good, but it's like then they just they're just gone. They're just they're they're not to be seen again. I guess I don't know. I, I don't understand. So anyway, uh, post credit scene. Oh, one thing I wanted the 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 coworker I just mentioned. He had a theory which apparently did not come true, but it's a good theory, that the rings on Kang's devices in the quantum realm looked similar and had similar writing on them as the Legend of the Ten Rings. But And maybe that still will be the case, but um, there was no mention of that. We have not seen or heard from Shang-Chi since this movie. So, very strange. Then we have a post-credit scene where we thought Xiling was going to shut down the Ten Rings army. Instead, she's now the leader of it and just says we have a lot of work to do. And then we see a message that Ten Rings will return. Well, when? <laughs> Last I saw is there's a sequel being planned that won't come out till after Kang Dynasty, which who knows when even that's coming out at this point. I mean, it's like... What, 20... What, Kang Dynasty's... Yeah, okay. So there's... Kang Dynasty, then Secret Wars. I mean, Kang Dynasty might come out in 2026? Maybe? I don't know. Just seems like a long time to wait, you know? I don't know. Marvel used to be so good at, like... One end credit scene would go into the next movie, and then one end credit scene would go into the next movie, and so on. Now it's just like, other than Captain Marvel's, or sorry, the Marvel's post credit scene, which is going into, you know, the the Deadpool 3 movie, these post credit scenes take so long to pay off. The only exception, I guess, would be the, uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But at least those are paying off into the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You know, like Guardians 2 ended with, you know, oh, we'll call him Adam. Okay, well, Adam is a character in Guardians 3. Fair enough. But it's like, Shang-Chi, it's like, okay. And then we're, we're talking like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe his sequel will come out after Kang Dynasty in 2026. So it's like, I gotta wait, what, five, six years for a sequel? That's crazy, right? I don't know. So... This is that's been one of my issues with Marvel is these post credit scenes. It just seems like they don't go anywhere because there's uh, the sorry the post credit scenes and the TV shows feel like they don't go anywhere. They just throw them out there, and they're like, "Here you go." Like Echo's on now, and I've watched three episodes. It's surprisingly good. I was not looking forward to it, not because it's like oh I thought they, I just I, I don't know. I, I just I was like okay, Hawkeye was a pretty mediocre show I thought it did have some cool parts I mean Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin's cool we all agree on that 
And yeah, the Echo character was fine. I just, it's like, I didn't feel like I needed to see more of her. I was just like, okay, I got my fill. But we're getting more of her. And, I, you know, it's so far it's been good. I don't know. I, I We'll see. I've still got two more episodes to go. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but again, they're just throwing her out there. I haven't seen it all, so I can't really comment. But it's like, where's it going? Where's this headed? Where's this leading to? What's this building up to? It's like we got, again, She-Hulk's out there. Just being out there. Moon Knight's out there. Uh, Kate Bishop's out there. At least she's appeared in a movie, though. But, uh, who else? Now, Echo. They're just all out there. And, hell, even I know he's getting a movie, but it's like, even the new Captain America, he's just out there. Just hanging out, I guess. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. But, yeah. They're just, they're just out there, I guess. So, anyway. I hate to end on a bad note, because this movie was actually really good. I really recommend it. Uh, going eight and a half. It was a lot of fun. Visually, it was impressive. I, you know, there was... Some, some of the CGI was a little not as great, but I'm not. I know Marvel CGI is going to get worse, but um, I thought the CGI was fine. To me, the big key with CGI is if you're going to not do like, and I'm not a fan of the the movies, but I will acknowledge that Avatar's movies are really great to look at. They're just not great to watch because they're boring. <laughs> but at least they're great to look at. I'm not expecting Avatar quality CGI. The trick with CGI is you got to not linger on something for a while. If you're going to do, you know, C plus, B minus level CGI, that's fine. Just don't linger on it too long. That's it. And I, to me, there was only like one scene in this movie, which was the bus where they kind of lingered on the bus maybe a second or two too long, where it's like, eh, it doesn't look great. But we're just talking about a second or two of the movie, you know? So, But yeah, eight and a half. Liked the characters, liked the plot, liked the action. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before, big fan of the martial arts type movies. The Warriors, I've, I've mentioned. I put that show over before. So uh, that was, uh, what was that, two weeks? No. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I guess two weeks ago for Snake Eyes, I put over the show The Warriors. So, yeah, I really like the uh, the martial arts stuff. This was Marvel's first attempt at such a movie. So, I uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, look, um, you know, Black Widow, Black Widow aside, because it was, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just, Black Widow aside, I'll just leave it at that. We're off to a good start with the uh, the Marvel experimental phase. But we got a couple more. Well, we definitely have one more big one uh, coming up. But that will not be next week. Next week, and I just beat this game, Spider-Man 2. But it is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I hope I'm not spoiling the game, but... Uh, it should be not a shock that Venom is the main villain in that game. I mean, if you watched, if you knew anything about that game, you know that Venom is uh, the main villain. So, 
that's not a spoiler. That's just painfully obvious. But uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage... Oh, by the way, Spider-Man 2, great game. Super fun. I'm hoping there's some DLC later, because I finished everything. I've done, but I want to play more. But it looks like there's going to be a third movie. Sorry, third game, which is not surprising, because it's wildly successful. Successful. But um, next week is not a game. It's Venom Let There Be Carnage. Where can we watch this? Well, you can watch it if you have Hulu Premium subscription, which I do not. You can buy it on uh, Google Play or Apple TV or Amazon Prime or YouTube TV. Or just actually, sorry, YouTube, not YouTube TV. Um, or Fubo TV. I don't have those. And I don't really want to spend $3.99 for this movie. So I will go the free route with FX Now, which is free with cable TV, which I do have. It's crazy. The movie came out in 2021, and I know it's not like a, a, a massive box office success, but it's a Marvel movie. Not, I mean, Sony Marvel, but still Marvel. It's crazy that it's not on just like... I mean, it, it's also crazy because the first Venom is on Disney+, Plus, but not this Venom. It's strange. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just weird how some of these work sometimes. I'd be curious to know, like, when all these... Every month, you know, the, the movies all change from one streaming service to the next. I'm just wondering, is there, like... Is it a la carte? Do the executives, when, one's ex, when one movie contract with Netflix is expiring, do they get to, like, bid on it and say, oh, I want that for you know, Prime, or does it just kind of, is it like a package deal, like where they have like 50 movies and one's included, I don't know, that'd be interesting, or maybe it's just me, but I think that'd be interesting to find out, but uh, yeah, that does it for me, solo episode, the next week I will say is also a solo episode, the week after, um, again, I'll try to have a guest, can't promise, He's very busy. I'm kind of busy, but not as busy as him. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's our uh, that's the plan. And then, well, hell, let's just run through 2021. There's only three movies left. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage next week. The week after is Eternals. Cross your fingers for a guest. The week after that, we wrap up 2021 with Spider-Man No Way Home. Should have not, hopefully... Should have not one, but two guests. It's a big movie, so you got to do it big, right? Which is crazy, because it feels not that long ago that we did the emergency episode of Spider-Man No Way Home, where we're like, this movie was so great that i got to review it now. And it's like, I, and I remember saying, like, well, when I give, I'll give my grade when we come time to review it. And now that time is just three weeks away. Man, how time flies. Man. Ah, crazy. But, yeah. So, I'll get out of here on a quote. This is from uh, our old pal Ben Kingsley. Morris says, great job, everyone.
said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they're gathered for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. 